Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thank you once again for joining us on another noontime episode here in Canada, at least, of uh, Talk and Fight. And on this particular episode, we've got Christian from the Friday Night Panel joining us, and he's going to be speaking about boxing at the Olympics, which will be taking place this July in Tokyo. What do you got for us, Christian? Uh, well, we've got a bit of ground to cover today. We've got a few things going on, so I'll jump right in here. Brazil's government is set to start delivering COVID-19 vaccines to its athletes, coaches, referees, as well as accredited media headed for the Olympics and the Paralympic Games in Tokyo. So Health Minister Marcelo uh, Quiroga told a news conference on Tuesday that Brazil will get 4,050 doses of the Pfizer shot and around another 8,000 from Chinese pharmaceutical company Sinovac. Uh, later at a congressional hearing, uh, Quiroga said that those going to Japan would get the Pfizer shot, while the Sinovac shots would be sent to the country's national immunization program as part of the current agreement. Brazilian law states that private entities can only get COVID-19 jabs if an additional donation is made to the public health care system uh, as well. So Quiroga told lawmakers, because of, the, because of a strategic issue, we will use Pfizer to vaccinate our athletes because it is a shot that has already been approved in all countries and it won't bring any hurdles to our athletes. Also, that vaccine has a short period between the first and second doses, which should uh, immunize athletes quickly. Quiroga estimates that uh, 1,814 people will be vaccinated to go to Japan with any leftover doses being given to the public health system. Athlete vaccination program will begin on Wednesday and is set to be conducted in uh, Sao Paulo, Rio de Janeiro, as well as uh, Fortaleza. Uh, it follows similar measures being undertaken currently in countries including the U.S., Britain, as well as Australia. Brazil has attributed more than four, uh, 420,000 deaths to COVID-19, a toll only second to the United States. A more contagious variant of the disease has pushed the country's healthcare system to near collapse back in April and March, sorry, March and April. But and, uh, and uh, sorry, but the number of hospitalizations, it should be noted, is actually down this month in May. Brazil's vaccination rollout, though, has been slow and thus far has only been targeting people aged 60 and over. Uh, famously, uh, President Jair Bolsonaro has refused to take any vaccinations and is famously under investigation now with a Senate inquiry for his administration's handling of the pandemic. So it sounds like, you know, they're taking steps forward. And this is good because, as you heard, I, you know, they're second only to uh, the U.S. And the U.S. is not having a great time at the moment. They're obviously on the upswing and they're doing much better than we saw in especially March and April. But uh Things not looking great, uh, very similar to what we're seeing in India, very, very touchy situation in Brazil. So the fact that we're going to be able to see uh, the athletes and anyone headed over, including media personnel, getting a shot beforehand is probably a good thing at the end of the day. And hopefully those added jabs that they're getting in from Cinevac are going to help, help to speed up their uh, their role, at least for some high uh, high risk neighborhoods or some high risk groups. But moving on, because like I said, we do have a bit of ground to cover today. Uh, Let's check in with our friends down in Africa here. Uh, female members of Ghana's national boxing team, the Black Bombers, have appealed to media and sports authorities to grant them much-needed support as well as recognition. Uh, Sarah Bachwe of Wisdom Boxing Gym and Faruza Osman of Fit Square Gym made the passionate plea to the president of Ghana's Olympic Committee, or GOC, Mr. Ben Nuno Mensa, on Friday when he visited the training camp at the, uh, sorry, visited the Black Bombers training camp, who are currently preparing for the Tokyo Olympics. Mm -hmm. 
So Sarah Boxway, who has been uh, boxing with the National League for some years, said it's sad for them to be continuously training and not competing. Uh, saying, also, when we train hard and are prepared for the games, we're dropped on the grounds of lack of finances. Uh, Faruza Osman expressed that all sportsmen and women who have been selected to compete for the nation should be treated and rewarded equally. Which obviously they're not getting at this point in time. Uh, the Ghanaian Olympic Committee president said that his federation's female weightlifters have also suffered similar ordeals. However, he hopes that things would change as the nation prepares to host the African Games in 2023, where female boxers, he says, are going to be relied on to win medals. Uh, and that's also not forgetting the run-up to the Commonwealth Games in 2022 in Birmingham, as well as the 2024 Olympic Games in Paris. Uh, so it sounds like they're they're looking to make these steps to move forward and give more recognition to female boxers as well as just female athletes in Ghana. But it looks also at the same time like these steps are rolling up slowly and at least definitely too slowly to help them for this exact for this particular Olympics, as they didn't receive the report, the financial support running up to this, which didn't allow them to participate in the relevant tournaments. So hopefully we do see some changes come in there and uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, Birmingham being obviously the first major international that we'll get a chance to see that in. But we'll keep you guys updated as uh, we roll on with that one. Uh, it also should be noted that uh, as far as their steps to better recognize female athletes in Ghana, uh, recently the Greater Accra Amateur Boxing Association uh, organized an all-female boxing event, event simply dubbed Girls Box, which was a very successful and very well attended at the time. Moving on, though, former Tentua, this is a bit of a story that we've been following on this uh, on uh, our segment here for a little while now. Pardon me. Former tennis superstar Billie Jean King has now joined the chorus of voices back in Kitchener boxer Manji Bujol's fight to compete at the Olympics this summer. So as you guys are obviously already know, Bujol was denied a bit at the Tokyo Games after the pandemic canceled qualifying events and ranking points from 2018, a year which, this, which Bujol was on maternity leave, were used to determine the eligibility instead. In 2020, qualifying events were canceled around the world. Uh, pregnancy is not an injury and should not be treated as one. This is uh, Billie Jean King, uh, who herself is a 39-time Grand Slam champion, wrote in a tweet. Bujold should be allowed to compete. Women athletes will continue to have babies, and the International Olympic Committee needs a rule in place for this now. Now, King, who has uh, long since retired from uh, tennis, uh, is regarded by many as one of the sport's greatest uh, players of all time and has long been an advocate for women in sport. The tennis greats backing uh, does come at a time as the GoFundMe page set up to help Bujold cover her legal costs for this fight against the IOC's ruling has brought in up uh, to date just a little over $9,500 as of that was as of Tuesday afternoon. Now, Boxing Canada has also so voiced their support for Bujold's challenge uh, of the qualification process. And, you know, as one of Canada's top boxers and a two-time Pan American Games champion, Bujold has vowed to take her case to the Court of Arbitration for Sport after the IOC denied her appeal for the qualification process. Now, she, what she's arguing is that uh, women, basically, you know, in a nutshell, is that women who decide to have a baby should be able to keep their rankings from before pregnancy. Uh, in response, a spokesperson for the IOC has said that there is a consistent process to the Olympics qualification system. 
Now, a statement from the IOC reads, the determination of a boxing qualification system is based on transparent and non-discriminatory qualification principles and includes a thorough assessment and consultation with teams, boxing task force athlete ambassadors, boxing task force expert group representatives, as well as medical advisors. So we'll continue to update you guys on this one. The IOC at this point obviously is still remaining intransigent. And at this point, this case has been taken to the court uh, of arbitration for sport, although we haven't heard anything back. We're gonna be looking at obviously the impressed timeline on this as any decision that's coming for, you know, forward on this obviously needs to be made very soon if we if she expects to compete at this Olympiad. So I don't remain, I, again, I remain doubtful, unfortunately, that this is gonna move forward in her favor, but hopefully it is, it's at least opening up the conversation to a broader spectrum where we're gonna start seeing this conversation visited before Paris 2024. And we might even see uh, new regulations put in at an AIBA level or uh, you know other major tournaments such as the Commonwealth Games as a result of this. But I don't, I, unfortunately, I just don't see the IOC moving, budging on this one. Moving along, though, into something a little happier, some happier news here, and I know one that our friends in uh, in Great Britain have been uh, looking forward to for a while now, because it's a moment that many people in uh, British amateur boxing have spent many months waiting for. The dates for the championships for 2021 are in. After a punishing lockdown, amateur boxing training indoors has restarted at this point with limited pad work coming back. So the next step is to bring back competition. Now it's provided the UK government's current roadmap of the pandemic doesn't change. So as we all know that, you know, anything could change any day now, but under current roadmap conditions, that's the next thing that's going to happen is competitions. So a national championship schedule for England has been drawn up following consultation with England's boxing regional representatives, a selection of coaches and officials, as well as a lengthy, as well as lengthy discussions between uh, England boxing championships, subcommittees and board. So the schedule is as follows. So get your pens ready. If you're in the UK and want to know when these things are happening, if not, you're going to have to look them up later. So the England National Schools Championship for 2021, and that's going to be the semifinals and finals are going to be running between September 25th and 26th. England Boxing National Youth Championships, and as well as Youth Development Championships for 2021, that's quarterfinals, semis, and finals will be running between October 15th and 17th. England's Boxing National Junior Championships and Junior Development Championships for 2021 semifinals and finals running November 20th and 21st. England's Boxing National Amateur Championships pre-quarterfinals November 27th or 28th. That one is yet to be confirmed for the actual dates, so uh, we'll, we'll get back to you once we have those nailed down. England's National Boxing Amateur Championships, as well as the Senior Development Championships for 2021. And that's just that's the quarter and semifinals are going to be from the 4th and 5th of December with England's Boxing National Amateur Championships and Senior Development Championships for final days are going to be running through the 11th and 12th. Competitions and events manager Lindsay Lockie has said of uh, this whole new situation here. We are delighted to be able to rearrange each of the national championships, which will hopefully end the year on a high after a difficult previous 18 months or so. 
adding that the frustrating lack of activity that we've all had to deal with. Uh, to be talking about dates for competitions to be coming up and running again is really exciting. And I'm sure that we will be treated to some fantastic boxing, provided that the government gives us the green light for everything to go ahead. Fingers crossed once again here. She says that because we are having to squeeze what would normally be held over the course of the best part of a year into just four months, so that boxers rightly will have the necessary time to prepare correctly uh, after the now that is after the enforced extended break from competition we have had to make certain sacrifices um, certain circumstances uh, you know because of circumstances uh, in order to make this happen due to time uh, scales we have merged the development competitions with the national with the respective national championships and that's for senior junior senior youth and junior and regrettably will not be able to host the England Boxing Women's Winter Box Cup this year. But in an exceptional year because of COVID, this was the most viable solution in the time slot available to get all five national championships in and give everyone at all levels a chance to box for a national title. We've done everything that we can to get competitions on again, and it feels better to have some of what is possible in a quote-unquote normal year rather than nothing at all. We wish everyone the best of luck in their training for competitions and coronavirus permitting. We look forward to seeing lots of familiar boxers and coaches back where they belong, which is in the ring competing come the autumn. So venues, though, for uh, these particular competitions will be announced in due course. They haven't said anything as of yet. The intention is to return, though, to a traditional schedule in 2022, meaning that all age groups are going to see two national championships in the same season over the course of 21-22. Okay? So Boxing Scotland has also announced an eventual return to competition. Uh, details on this are all going to be dependent on the Scottish government's roadmap and current COVID-19 directions staying on track. So much like in England, fingers crossed, but that could change at every at any point in time. Uh, Boxing Scotland have also confirmed dates for their 21, uh, 22 uh, championships. Now, these are uh, the Boxing Scotland National School and Junior Championship. Pre preliminary rounds are going to be held in September on the 18th and 19th, uh, with uh, the semifinals and finals running from the 25th to the 26th. Boxing Scotland's National Intermediate Championships are going to be on the uh, October 16th and 17th. Boxing Scotland's National Novice Championships are not going to be held until February 5th and 6th of 2022, moving into next year. Semifinals uh, and finals will be on the uh, 12th and 13th of February 2022. And Boxing Scotland's National Youth Championships will be running at the end of March 2022, uh, running from the 19th through the 27th. And that's to include youth finals and with elite finals starting up on April the 9th, 2022. So we are going to be, and that once we run through the end of April uh, 2022, we're going to be just around the corner from Birmingham 2022, which will be running that summer. So we got basically a full calendar for our friends over in the UK, uh, going from starting in June in Paris, running right through the Olympic Games, and then back into uh, some bigger tournaments in their own backyard, getting those national titles nailed down uh, in time for the Commonwealth Games. And then we're just going to keep steamrolling on through there, Graham. Lots going on. That was a heck of an update. Uh, and to our viewership out there, sorry for the few minute delay. We were just uh, <laughs> recapping what we were going to talk about and focus on first. And uh, Ghana had to start us off. Uh, Christian and I have spent some time in Ghana. We understand uh, how tough it is for them. 
to get things pushed through on a government level. Like I'm pretty sure they, they, the women who are boxing, who are fighting for that right to box and have support from the government, have an uphill battle. Uh, and that's even if they have qualified. Um, you know, and then moving on to Mandy Bujold's story is just, that's a fiasco, if you ask me, for the IOC. Really, it's going to open. It, it, what it's going to do, we're not going to see any changes, but it's it's starting the conversation. Hopefully, that other people are paying attention. Pan Am, uh, Commonwealth, Asian, you know, AIBA, uh, the ASBC. I hope they're all paying attention to what's going on right now, and I hope that they're not going to take uh, the IOC being intransigent about this as a precedent and giving them permission to remain intransigent on something like this and on these larger tournaments coming up. I hope that this opens up the conversation minimally. Ideally, obviously, we would love to see uh, Mandy in the ring and bringing home a medal for Canada. But minimally, if nothing else, I hope that this opens up the conversation and I hope that other large international organizations are paying attention and are starting to have that conversation internally before it gets to the point where they are being asked in the media what do you intend to do about this? So hopefully by the time those conversations land on their doorstep, you know, for the organizers of the Commonwealth Games, for example, they're going to have an answer in place already because this conversation has started. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it is, it is somewhat phenomenal to think that these conversations are only getting started and have to be started due to a ruckus, quite frankly, that someone hasn't thought about this 20 or 30 years ago Maybe well, to be fair, is this something? To be fair, is this something that you were considering about? You know, back when we, you know, when women's boxing was introduced at London, didn't cross my mind. And I think it's one of those things, especially in a, in a predominantly male-dominated sport, both from an athlete side, but as well as a coaching, referee, training, judging. Every, you know, it is a male-dominated sport at this point in the game, and it's something that we would have just thought to ourselves. Something that I would have thought to myself. Oh, yeah, I'm sure somebody's thought of that. I'm sure somebody's thinking about that because it's not going to be naturally on my radar necessarily as a guy watching a male-dominated sport. You're not thinking about... Uh you're not thinking about issues such as pregnancy. You're not thinking of, you know, issues such as, you know, menstruation when it comes to training and things like that. You know, female fighters require different nutritional uh, vitamin uh, requirements and things like that at different points of their training than male than male fighters are going to require as well. And that's just in their, you know, regular training as well as if you're starting in a postpartum a situation getting back into the ring. So there's health concerns and stuff like that. And this is stuff that I'm just reading about now. And I know that you follow, you've been following boxing a long time as well, but these are things that haven't been part of the discussion. So it's not something that we've been talking about when we sit around, you know, at the pub talking about boxing. That's not a conversation that we're having because it's something you just kind of assume that other people are talking about. So the conversation has to start somewhere. And even if it is starting late, I'm glad that we're having it now as a, no, as a community. You're right. I mean, it's not something you and I would commonly think about. But you'd think that by the time they made boxing an Olympic sport for women, introduced it in 2012, someone would have put in there, uh, with respect to the qualifiers, if there is a female boxer who has qualified, who gets pregnant, takes that time off, that that period of her disengagement from the sport uh, does not disqualify her. In other words, she should come. It's like uh, it's like in professional sports. If you get injured, you don't necessarily get released from the team because you're injured. No, when you come back from your injury, you're put right back onto the team. Well, that's and a bit of a dangerous I, comparison to pull. And that was one of the things they were saying very specifically in this one was that pregnancy is not an injury. 
and shouldn't yes, be yes, treated yes. as and should not yes. be treated as such. Okay. No, I just, was, it's, I, I was simply I was simply saying though that you would have thought someone perf, these so-called remember I keep talking about these so-called professionals who get paid a lot of money. Okay, mm -hmm. these are the guys who run these organizations. They get paid a lot of money, and you all I'm saying is you'd think way back then, uh, you know, allowing women to enter into the ring, great great decision they should have been should have been there a lot earlier but having gotten to that point they should have also thought hmm what do we do uh if one of these female boxers gets pregnant well you said it yourself Graham. the guys who are running this <laughs> that's 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 what it comes down to because yeah okay so yes we've opened up we're taking steps in the right direction and we're bringing uh you know we brought we brought women's boxing up onto the, the olympic mm -hmm. level but as a male-dominated sport when those decisions were first being taken to uh to open up uh, Olympic boxing, as well as, you know, AIBA and other organizations have been opening up over the years since, uh, you know, the, the 90s now to two women boxers. It's been still been men in charge. So in a lot of these cases, women just were not being consulted early at, at the early stages of this. And this is why you see things like AIBA right now. One of their commitments was to uh, was to bring a lot more women onto their consulting committees. And yeah. uh, Mary Combe, for example, uh, one of uh, India's greatest boxers kind of thing was uh, put on one of the committees recently is heading up one of their uh, committees and they've made a commitment to start uh, having better diversity on their committees and that's going to go that's going to make this process go a lot faster because when we start dealing with things like women's issues we don't have a bunch of guys sitting around a room talking about it you can actually consult women about it and I think at the early stages of, of this sort of thing it wasn't so much the IOC or anyone else saying, wow, guys, we really got to get women into the into boxing. We really have to expand in women's sports. This was the IOC under pressure to expand women's uh, women in sports, to expand these roles and to allow women. It wasn't because they were being super progressive. It was because they were bowing to public pressure, which, you know, about time. But because you're when you're bowing to pressure as opposed to trying to take a step forward on your own, you're doing what you have to do, not necessarily what you can do, if that makes sense. And I just think a lot of the consultations were just, you know, these were boardrooms with a bunch of guys going like, okay, so they're in, we've got the weight classes, rubber stamped, and they've moved on. And then now we're playing, trying to play catch up to all the conversations that they should have been having early on. Right. Fair enough. All said. Thanks very much. Appreciate it, Christian. Thanks very much for all the comments uh, coming through uh, from our viewership. It does open up a can of worms. I agree. But we are talking about it. And I imagine the powers that be are talking about it. And they now include women who are smart and they'll deal with it and make sure that the smarter right decisions are made. Way smarter. Better trained than us. And getting paid way more than us. <laughs> well, all right, Christian. We'll much. see you tomorrow. Okay. We'll talk then. <laughs>